Welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today, I have the honor to speak with Aaron Bogdan. Aaron is an authenticity and confidence coach and is a sole purpose activator. She coaches people struggling to find their confidence and purpose. Aaron has experience in the corporate world, but has decided the nine to five is not for her. So Aaron, thank you for coming on today. I really look forward to hearing what you have to share with us today. But I think I already kind of hinted at this. What kind of motivated you to get into start your own coaching practice to help others build their confidence and help other people find their purpose? What kind of got you into that? Yeah, well, Josh, first of all, thank you so much for having me today. I've been keeping an eye on your page and I absolutely love (laughs) your mission. I love all that you're about. So I'm so excited to get into this juicy conversation and I'm going to give you the short version. We can always dive into more because it can be a little bit long. Um, so I always had a passion for people, number one. Actually, when I graduated from a college, I was at the right after the housing bubble in 2010. And so my father was guiding me. I had, The school I'd gone to was known for business. I went in not knowing what I wanted to do. It's like, you're going to a business school. You might as well major in business. So basically, I chose what was most marketable at the time, finance. Um, and I was like, well, I love people. So mm-hmm. I'll do a management, management and HR, like double major, what have you. Anyway, I joke with my old college professor that it's probably, you know, I ended up where I was meant to be. Basically, I lasted in finance maybe two years, and then I transitioned into actually our uh, recruiting department. And from there, I spent four years in recruiting, two and a half-ish years in training development. And basically, that was like my corporate life. But at the same time, obviously, we know that we're not just our work, right? So I had a lot of personal things happening. Um, My sister is a recovered alcoholic. uh, So basically, I started working in 2010. Two years later in 2012 is when she ended up getting help. And that's when I found the rooms of Al-Anon, which is for family members of alcoholics. And that was like this, that was my first biggest wake up call because up until that point, Mm-hmm. I had been living for everyone else. I had been doing, you know, shut off for my own wants, desires, and needs. Like I said, I I did what I thought I needed to do to be quote unquote mm-hmm. successful. I did what I thought I needed to do to be right um, in other people's eyes. And that was the start of that journey. And then fast forward to 2017, I was traveling down for my corporate recruiting job from New Jersey to Maryland, about two and a half hour, three hour drive. And I was like, I need to make this, <laughs> you know, drive. I need to make it in interesting. So I started listening to podcasts and uh, basically someone on, you know, just like you was interviewing someone else on the topic of purpose and passion. I was like, I'm meant to, I, I, I was like, I like this guy. I'm meant to do whatever he's about to talk about that he does. Right. And he was a coach and I went to his 10 to 12 day retreat in Bali in 2017. And that was the second biggest wake up call because that Turned my world even more upside down around really understanding that we are not uh, the identities and the roles that we've been showing up as and that we've been playing aren't truly authentically the person that we are. We're just playing those roles to receive love, validation and approval. 
And so I promise I'm getting to the end here. <laughs> After that trip, he was like, I basically teach you, if you know, for those of you that resonated with, with those 10 to 12 days, I, he has a coaching program where he taught us, you know, for those that wanted to continue in this year long coach apprenticeship program with him, he taught us the same transformational tools to basically facilitate the same transformation that we experienced in those short 10 to 12 days. And at the end of that experience, I felt like, yes, this is what I'm meant to be doing. This is why I'm here. Like everything kind of synchronistically was like falling into place. And so I went back to my corporate job in 28, in 2017, I was supposed to actually do my coaching program in 2018. Had my daughter though, got pregnant very quickly after Bali, which we were excited about, postponed it to 2019. And at that time, this is when like the universe, God divine was, you know, push came to shove. Um, when I got back from my maternity leave, very corporate like, they were merging, eliminating my job and they were merging four jobs into one. And they so graciously wanted me to take that. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think so. Like, and so that's what pushed me to leave corporate was basically the culmination of that, knowing that I was starting my coaching program you know, a month or two later. So I'm like, I can't have a daughter, have this new job and have this coaching program on top of it. And that's when I basically took the leap of faith. So that's the long story short. I can dive into any of that more because there's a lot to unpack. That's, that's an awesome story. I think that's, I always find it fascinating when people talk about how they like jump from their typical nine to five to this like coaching or entrepreneur type route they're like it's it's a lot different I'm sure you've probably seen that as well but I, I actually want to ask you what was the what's the Bali like I mean I feel like that takes a giant leap of faith itself like what was that like I think a lot of people would be interested to hear about that what what was what happened there what kind of just shifted your mindset yeah, it did. So I'm going to touch on two things. So I'll start with basically when I heard this is where it comes to trusting your gut, which at the time, you know, I wasn't very much now I'm very aligned to my intuition and trust my gut back then not so much. Um, because I was always doubting myself, doubting my decisions, looking to other people, what should I do? What do you think I should do? You know, it was mm -hmm. like always, I thought I knew what I wanted to do, but then I had to get some external validation. So but I cannot describe to you that when I heard him talking about like his entire interview lit a fire in me. And then when I, when he got to the end, he talked about this trip to Bali. I was like, there was, there was no doubt in my mind. I was like, I felt in my heart that I'm meant to be doing this. And I deep, deep down knew that if I didn't do this, I would have huge regrets. And I don't know how to describe it. It was just this deep inner knowing. And I'm going to tell you, my husband thought I was absolutely crazy. Number one, because first of all, I came back when I was listening to that podcast. I didn't get home that night until like 11 o'clock at night. So mind you, mm -hmm. I'm driving from like nine to 11. I had such a fire in me. I got home and I applied on the spot when I was like, applied to Bali and I was like, that's it. And then of course I had, you know, anytime we do something scary or that stretches us mm -hmm. or that's like, oh man, did we just do that? Did I just hit the apply button? Right? Like there was probably from that was maybe March until July is when I actually went. There was a lot of like self-doubt sabotage coming in in between that, which we can talk about. But Basically, when I first of all, my family knows that when I have my sight on something, I'm gonna do it. I'm just that type of person. I'm committed. I'm dedicated. 
I'm a high achiever. So there was kind of like no negotiating with me. It was more so me convincing them that, <laughs> that I'm doing this. Um, and my husband thought we're high school sweethearts. We'd been married at that time, probably for about two years. And he was like, you want to do what you want to travel around the world by yourself? What? And you don't even know. This is the key thing is I didn't even know what you're asking about the, the 12 days. I didn't even know what we were going to be doing. Like, all I knew is like, I'm flying into this airport. All I know is I know this mm -hmm. guy from his website, from his social, from a book that they recommended. We read that was his, like, that was it. And so my mother thought, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that I was going to be sex trafficked. She's like, you're never going to come back. Oh, We're not going to see you get like she went to the worst case scenarios, spiraling her fear. Right. So I say all that to say is that if I didn't go on that trip, I wouldn't be here talking mm -hmm. to you. I mean, maybe I would at some point. Right. Like maybe when I found my way a different way. But like that definitely is what put a huge moment, like a huge part in my journey that put me on this path. So I say all that to say is that for your listeners, at the depth of your core, there is some part of you guiding you and you have to listen and tune into that part of you and honor yourself and say yes to you because no one's going to do it for you. You know, there's going to yes. be naysayers. There's going to be people doubting you. There's going to be people, you know, even when I launched my business, like, well, is that a good idea? Should you really be doing that? There's mm -hmm. always going to be people questioning you and you really have to honor and stay true to you because, the, because in that moment, like if I would have listened to other people, that's a process of self abandonment of abandoning myself. Now, when it comes to the 12 days, we actually aren't allowed to talk about what specifically happened, which I think also <laughs> like makes it more enticing and interesting. I recommend like the guy's name is Coot Blackson, K-U-T-E, Black Sun. I mean, <laughs> changed my life. Like, check out his book. He's got a you, uh, the magic of surrender. You are the one. Like, amazing, 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 amazing. But what I can share is like what what we're allowed to talk. We're not allowed to talk about like the process. But basically, my takeaways or my shifts where I stepped into my power. I reclaimed my voice. I claimed my worth, and I was no longer the person that you could, you know. Like, I don't know anyone has watched Dirty Dancing, um, any of your listeners, but basically there's a phrase of like, you can't put baby in the corner anymore. You know, like I can't be off in the shadows anymore, like not be seen, not be heard. Like I'm here, I'm speaking out, I'm sharing my truth. Uh, like, uh, you know, like I'm here, <laughs> I'm ready. Like, you know, let's go type deal. So that's in a nutshell what happened. Because for, for so long, for my entire life, I was suppressing, suppressing, suppressing my voice, my feelings, my needs. That's that's an awesome story. I, again, that's thank you for sharing that too. And I don't know, I'm kind of I'm kind of intrigued now. I mean, I know it's like top secret, classified, whatever you want to talk, say it is, but I, I I'm I might go look that up myself. Go see what that's all about. And I I had to laugh when you said, once I set my mind to something, then. I'm going to do it. Like it's more about me convincing other people that I'm right type of thing. And I'm like, that's so me. Like the minute I decided like, so kind of give you a background. I, I didn't go to college. I didn't, I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go straight into this. Let's see what happens type of thing. And for me, it was more like convincing people that, Hey, no, like I think I chose the right path. Like I think I'm going the right, like I'm going about this right. And it's funny because like first I, I'm with you. There's a lot of people that were like, yo, like I have to say the support like for my family, friends was actually pretty good. Like, okay, like this is your life. 
but I could tell towards like six, seven months, they're like, all right, like, <laughs> what, what are you really doing? Like, is this just a phase or are you actually doing this? I'm like, no, like I'm actually going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And it's kind of funny because that my mom, especially, she would let me just kind of like develop. She's like, eventually he might get to this point, right? Where he realizes, oh, maybe I was right. Or like that she was right type of thing. But it's more of a journey, a process of getting to that point. And that's, I, I think that's kind of what you were getting at there. It's more of finding out, hey, this is who I want to be. And then experimenting, like getting out of your comfort zone. So I want to ask you this. A lot of kids, right? They're my age. They're listening to this podcast even. And they might have trouble getting outside their comfort zone. Might like tape, taking that leap of faith. What kind of helps them, you know, avoid that self-doubt, you know, help them take that leap of faith that, you know, they want to do. What's the best way you would say they could do that? Yeah. And I, and actually I wanted to share this and I feel like it's directly related to this question and what we are talking about is that there's no wrong decision there. There you can literally make no wrong decision in your life. Every decision, as long as it's coming from a place of choice, you know, like you're consciously making the choice to, in your example, like, you know, not go to college and do this and dive into this. There's no wrong decision, no wrong choice because every path that you take is going to offer you lessons and learnings and growth and experiences. And that in itself is like you going in a way beyond your comfort zone. Um, and when it comes to like, let me think specifically about this question, like taking the leap of faith, you know, I feel like the best piece of advice that I can give around this is that and this is, you know, I'm thinking back to where I was too, because I can do this a lot more easily now than when I, than where I was. But so I'll give you this actually it was really helpful. Two things I would say is that number one, you know, you have to separate every, there's a voice inside our head, right? I think most of us have this like internal dialogue that's going on, right? And a lot of times that voice actually mm -hmm. isn't our voice. I mean, it is our voice, but their stories, their beliefs, their thought forms from our parents that we've inherited or from society or from, from whomever. So number one, you have to like separate your inner voice, like the depth of your intuition, your own voice from these outside thoughts. And the best way to do that is through meditation. Um, when I first sat down in Bali, that was my first official experience meditating. And I'm telling you, I couldn't even close my eyes for like <laughs> literally five seconds without meaning to open them again, because number one, there wasn't safe. I didn't feel safety. This is a whole nother story, but there wasn't, I didn't feel safety in my own body because for so long I had been taught it's not safe to be in your body. You got to be in your head. You got to be overthinking. So once I learned that, you know, through you can just basically take some deep breaths and affirm to yourself, you're safe in this moment. You're safe to be here. You look around your environment, you, you ground in the safety, and then you can feel safe to close your eyes. The best thing that like was life changing for me was literally meditating to silence for, I started with 10 minutes a day and then it expanded up to 20 minutes and this was a practice from Coot too where he talked about you would get in touch with your body so you might just close your eyes bring gentle touch to your body for a minute bring uh, awareness to your breath for a minute and 
than just be in your body for a minute. And that last part of being would then extend into the rest of your meditation. And a lot of people try to get rid of their thoughts, Mm -hmm. but actually we're never going to get rid of our thoughts. We just need to observe our thoughts as if they're a log on a river floating by and we don't pluck them off. We don't engage them. Um, So number one is like meditating and hearing what is your, what is the depth of your soul saying to you about what, about this choice, about this decision, about what you want to do. Like when I I did that with my job and leaving and I was like, you know, I could, I thought about the best case scenario and I thought about the worst case Mm -hmm. scenario. Obviously a lot of times we're avoiding pain. We're avoiding the worst case. And what I realized was my worst case was like, well, I could end up homeless. And I'm like, well, what I, Mm -hmm. and I, at the time I had a daughter, like my daughter was already born. So that's even scarier. Right. Cause, and, and I also was, you know, the primary breadwinner in our family. So that was even scarier. (laughs) Um, so when I sat with the worst case scenario, I was like, well, would I really be homeless? And the answer is like, no, because my family, number one, would take me in. And number two, I was like, well, I actually have marketable skills. Worst case, I'll just go back to doing what I'm doing. And I'm like, well, if my worst case is I'm to go back to doing what I'm already Mm -hmm. doing, then there's really nothing to lose. So why not take the leap of faith? And then the second thing around that really helped me is that if you, and I would say, I'll like say this slowly. So your listeners, if they want to, they can do it now, but I would say, close your eyes and remember, and maybe actually, if you want to do this, Josh, this could be really powerful um, to close your eyes and to think about the best moment of your life. Yeah. Share with me the, the best moment of your best life. Best moment. Man, there's a lot of those though. Uh, I'd have to say though. I'd have to say there was one time. So I played basketball when I was younger, growing up. And one of the greatest moments I ever had. So the game previous to it, I like I I swear to this day, I might have broke it. But like the ball hit my thumb and I broke like my finger. I, I think it did. But then I just my instant reaction when I get hurt is to hit it. So I know that's a horrible reaction, but well, I, like I hit it and I was like, oh, that hurts. So I just hit it. And then I just hear this nice pop and I go over to my coach and we were in a tournament. I'm like, coach, I, I broke my thumb. There's no way I'm playing. So I didn't play the rest of that game. But then the next game, they tape it all up and I'm playing in that game. Had a great game, all that. We go into overtime and since it's a tournament and they're on a tight schedule, there's not a set clock or anything. It's just first one to score type of thing. So we don't get the tip. So we're playing defense, really good defense. We get in the zone and we stop them. They miss their shot. And we're coming down the court and one of our guys drives down the court. Like I remember this so well. It's th- This is why it's my greatest moment. This is something I just enjoy. And he drives down. He misses the layup. And then my friend who had joined the team that year, he gets the rebound. I'm out on the three-point line. And he grabs the rebound. He turns around. I'm the only one open. He passes it to me. And then I do a nice little pump fake because they're all running out at me. And then I drive by. With my left hand shoot on the side of the basket. Fly to the side out of bounds type of thing. And then it goes in. Wins the game. Oh my gosh. That has to be one of my greatest moments that I can think of just off the off the top of my head right now. I was just gonna say, close your eyes and tell me what it feels like in your body, that win, like that score, that like, you know, going into overtime, shooting the hoop, winning, like what did that feel like in your body? 
I would say it, it gets me excited every time because it's excitement, thrilling type of thing, joy. Like it's just because I mean, my I was hurt type of thing, right? I had a yeah. my hand was all taped up where I could hit a shot like that and, you know, overcoming something difficult and yeah, exciting type of thing. So that's. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is, and I won't, we won't do the worst one, but so basically what I want to, what I want to connect is, is your body doesn't lie is the point. Your body is never going to guide you in the wrong direction. So if you're between two decisions and you don't know which one to make, if you close your eyes, like in the moment with me leaving my career and I thought about the best moment of my life and I felt like the feelings Mm -hmm. that elicits in my body. And for you, it's like this excitement, thrill, joy, happiness. If you think about the choice you're trying to make and you're getting that same emotional reaction in your body, and of course, like it's going outside your comfort zone, the decision, there's going to be a little bit of fear. But if majority of the feeling is this good feeling with a little bit of fear, that's your answer. And then if you think about Mm -hmm. the worst memory in your life, and again, we don't need to do this now, but you think about the worst memory in your life. And like for me, when I think about that, it always elicits like a closing off of my throat, my stomach's turning, I'm getting small, maybe I'm like hunching over, going inwards. Like if I think about, you know, a decision and, and it's give, eliciting that feeling in my body, then it's a no. So basically what I'm saying is that like, if you're really between two decisions, and you don't know what to do. The worst thing you can do is ask everyone else for their opinion because mm-hmm. they're going to project their own fears onto you, right? Like you, you can't go to someone like I can't ask my mom and my dad for um, advice around, let's say, being an entrepreneur when they haven't done it themselves in the sense of they're going to project their own fears onto me. So it's like the better decision, the better thing for you to do is go in and listen to your body and use that little like technique to figure out like, is this open? is this exciting is this a yes or am i closing off and is this a no okay yeah i I followed that that makes that actually makes a lot of sense too because now that i think about it some of the best decisions i've made in my life like throughout my life have been when i'm really nervous it's weird how it works but now explaining that moment right where i'm excited where I'm, you know, when it's nervousness, I I remember listening to someone, I can't remember the exact name of the person, but there was a guy, he said, the difference between like an Olympic athlete and someone else, like just a regular athlete is they confuse nervousness and excitement. They're actually the same thing. It's just the word they use. So I'm like, now that that kind of gives me a clear picture. Now it's like, I'm actually excited, even though it's nervous, like I feel nervous, like, oh, I'm nervous type of thing. It's actually, I'm excited for this. We don't know the outcome, maybe, but I found that when I choose that route, that thing that, oh, this could, this makes me a little nervous or I'm excited to do this. Those tend to be some of my best decisions is when I do that. So that's, uh, that's what I have to say is. I I find it interesting that you kind of just connected the dots there. So is it different for everyone else? Like, is it, I mean, for me, I I guess it's more like, I feel more excited, more a joy type of thing when I find something I want to do. But for other people, is it different or kind of similar? What's kind of the take there? What do you think? I would say similar, I would think, but I mean, everyone's unique. So, I mean, that's kind of... Yeah, I mean, like, whenever we move towards pleasure, is it not 
joyful, right? Like anytime we're anytime we're like living from a and and I didn't say this in the beginning. I think well, I did say I lived in New Jersey. But I'm a Jersey girl at heart, so I curse. <laughs> so hopefully that's not a problem. <laughs> um, but I would say when you're when your heart open and you're like full body, f- yes, like yeah. I mean that feels. F- Good, doesn't it? Right. So like, of course, when you're moving in a direction that lights you up and, you know, creates fire and creates passion, like it's going to feel good and it should feel good. And if it doesn't feel good, then why are you doing it? Don't do it. You know, if you're trying to force yourself to do something that doesn't feel good, stop doing it. You're not meant to be doing it. And that's like a huge other piece, like for not only entrepreneurship, but just in general, a lot of times we think that we mm-hmm. we're not motivated enough, right? Like we're not diligent enough where we, we don't have, we lack focus. You know, I can't tell you how many people come to me and they're like, why well, procrastinate? And I'm just not motivated and I lack focus. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. that might be the story you're telling yourself, but that's not authentically what's true. What's true is like the procrastination, the lack of focus is there because it's protecting us from something that we're afraid of. But when you tap into doing what feels good, like you are automatically going to have more consistency. Like, you know, thinking of even you, Josh, with this podcast, like I'm sure no one has to put a gun to your head and be like, you know, interview your guests, right? You enjoy doing this. See, when you do what feels good, it's going to flow naturally. So start aligning and doing things that feel authentically good. And that doesn't mean like that's not an ex. So let me caveat that a little bit where. There's things that I know if I overcame them would feel good. And what I mean by that is like using, using, um, speaking on live video, right? Like that for me, I, my background's training, Mm -hmm. I can talk, you know, till I'm blue in the face on any topic someone gives me. But when it comes to, when it came (laughs) to getting on camera, talking about my own like childhood trauma, you know, and sharing my story, like all this kind of stuff that's uncomfortable to, to then like let, to be vulnerable, to be open and to let the world like see that because, you know, Mm -hmm. most of us fear a rejection, abandonment, failure. So what I say, I say that I know in, you know, getting, moving beyond the fear and sharing my story and getting on camera and speaking at the end, like, I mean, now this doesn't bother me, but I'm talking about, you Mm -hmm. know, like a year, two years ago when I first started getting on camera, I would have, I could, I could be stuck in overwhelm, procrastination. I don't know how to do this. I can't do this. All these stories, right. You tell yourself. And then when I'd actually push through and do it, I felt like on, I felt like so good at the end, right. I felt on fire. And so that's what I'm saying is like, Sometimes we need to go beyond our comfort zone a little bit and stretch, and then we get to the place of feeling good. So it's not to be like, oh, well, we don't use, don't use the like, oh, well, it doesn't feel good as an excuse. If your authentic self mm-hmm. knows that it would feel good once you go beyond the fear to do it. But there's a difference between, you know, if someone is, you know, I don't know, if someone's telling you what, how, what, what, how, they became successful. And in them sharing that, you're like, oh, that doesn't really feel good to me. There's mm-hmm. many different paths to success. And I promise you that you can be most consistent when you do what feels good. Consistency is ultimately what ties. I mean, there's two parts to that. Success, one, has to be defined by you. You have to define success. And then two, if you just remain consistent, I mean, that's this is kind of what I found. As long as you are just consistent at what you do and just get up every day, you know, and do it because and I, I will admit there's some days where I'm like, oh, man, 
not again type of thing. But overall, I'd say 99% of the time I enjoy it, right? Like I love it. I love doing what I do and it's just fun. But then there's some of those days where it's just like, this blows, like this just sucks. So I kind of want to ask you that, like those hard times, because I think everyone experiences no matter what their passion is, no matter what they love doing, how do you kind of get past that? Like, I feel like everyone encounters those hard times. How do you get past that? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you asked that question because um, there's been many moments along my journey where I've wanted to give up, right? Like, and I, so one example with the, with the coaching program as part of that, we, we had, it was a year long. We had like a, a crap ton of work throughout. Like I'm telling you weekly assignments, read books, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes a, a book in a month and watched movies, right? Had to write book reports, movie reports, submit weekly assignments. <laughs> it felt like I was back in school again, quite honestly. And there was just so much that needed to get done. And our last leg was in India. And um, I just remember leading up to India, he shared very candidly in the beginning, not everyone makes it to India because the way to go Mm -hmm. to India is you have to complete all your homework. Like that's the non-negotiable. And it was a lot of, it was a lot of work. Right. And I remember I had this moment of like, can I do this? I don't know if I can do, that's my old story, by the way. Like, and a lot of my self doubt Mm -hmm. shows up in like, I can't do this. You can't do this. You're not good. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. Why are you doing this? Can't do this. So like that old story. Right. And I've had that story come up even in entrepreneurship, but the difference is number one, the awareness that again, that's not my story. That's the story that I've inherited. That just was like the baseline of my experience. Yeah. So the second piece was connecting into my deeper. Why you have to know why are you doing something Right. And what pulled me through. So what pulled me through my entire coaching program was and this could be helpful for you, Josh, and um, for any listener, even I'm just thinking you in this space. But for a listener of like if they have a desire and a passion to do something and they, you know, even if it's like going to the gym, how many people want to go to the gym consistently Mm -hmm. and don't go to the gym consistently? You have to connect into your deeper why of what going to the, to the gym does for you. For me, like I'm the most consistent I've been at the gym. And the reason is because I know that when I move my body, I feel good. I show up better for myself, for my daughter, for my husband, for my clients. Like that's it. And it's like, that's my deeper why. My deeper why for coaching was connecting into the souls, like closing my eyes and feeling the souls that I'm meant to be serving in this lifetime, the people I'm meant to be transforming their lives I actually could feel into their souls. I could feel into the the pain, the suffering that they're experiencing, knowing that the person that I help is the very person who, the version mm-hmm. of me that I was four or five years ago, right? Like the people pleaser, the overthinker, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the self-doubt, the not enough mindset. Like I could feel their pain. And it's like, if I have the solution, why wouldn't I share that with the world? Why wouldn't I help transform life? So that's my deeper why. But what happened with India was mm-hmm. like, that wasn't deep enough for me. Um, what ended up being deep enough for me in India was I want to change my daughter's life. I want to ha- I want to undo my own like, you know, past conditioning for my own parents. And I want to not, uh, I want to break the cycle of, you know, 
of some of the, the, the different tendencies of my, of my family. My dad or my father had a lot of rage. My, uh, mother was very passive aggressive, like Mm -hmm. just different cycles of, of things that I wanted to break for her that I didn't want to, that I knew in doing this work was going to, you know, help me transcend and give her a better life. Right. So that was my deepest, she is my deepest why is what I came to realize, but really, you know, Every another thing that pulls me through on a daily basis is like, what does my audience mm-hmm. need to hear? Like, you know, I can. It's almost like because you know, getting. I'm telling you, being seen for me in an open and vulnerable way was really 100%. not easy. <laughs> it's challenging, and and I thought I had dealt with that in Bali, but then when I get you know in the past and I was getting on camera and I'm like. I would have anxiety and fear ahead of time. I'm like, well, the deeper why is like people are suffering and need to hear this. Imagine if I imagine if I let that fear stop me, the people who I wouldn't be helping and serving. So that's like my deeper why of what pulls me that's, through to show up. That's and be cool. <laughs> Can I just say that? That's cool. Um, I, I agree. I, I think especially like finding your why, I think that's, one of the most important things. I mean, I've used that in some of my past episodes. Like, how do you help kids like find their why? How do you help kids find what they want type of thing? And especially like in relation to kind of, you know, taking a step back here, taking that leap of faith. I find that over time, if you continually take that leap of faith towards what you want, what your why is, and you know, so you know what your why is, you take that leap of faith towards what you want over time you start to develop confidence, right? You start to develop this unique confidence and it almost uh, it almost feels like you're unstoppable type of thing. It's like, oh yeah, I can do this type of thing. And uh, I, that's kind of my thoughts on how you develop confidence is you have to identify first what you want, right? You have to, and then second, you have to identify why you want it. And then third, you got to actually go out and do it, right? I mean, you can think about it and it's great. Like, oh yeah, that'd be awesome if I had that. And I know why I want it. And I'd almost even argue if your why is not pushing you to actually take that leap of faith, then it's not really your why. <laughs> so that's kind of my thoughts there. But I, I want to get a little bit of your thoughts here. And I'm going to use this as the intelligent question of the day. And that's how would you say you develop confidence? What would you say is the best way to develop confidence. Yeah, and I want to go back I want to go back to something you just said and weave it into this, which is number 1 you have to ask mm-hmm. yourself, what do I really want? What do I want more than anything else? And if you can't answer that question, don't shame yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself because that's our natural response <laughs> and reaction. We're like, I don't yes. know what I want. Like I should know what I want, you know what I mean? Like don't beat yourself up first of all, like, ask yourself what do I truly want? And if the answer is, I don't know, then that means that's a signal that you may not know yourself as well as you think you do. That might be a signal that you may be living for other people, or you may be following what other people want for you in your life. And so basically like step one, and this is kind of like building into the confidence piece is Mm -hmm. you have to get to know you. You have to get to know who, for me, like, who is Erin really? Who is Erin at her core? And that was also a big part of what Bali was and my coaching. And that's what my coaching is all about is like being you, being free to be you, 
not being who everyone else wants you to be, being free to be you. And that, I didn't, when I asked myself that question, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was. And a lot of times people don't, you know, they don't have that awareness. And when we're coaching and we get to that point, it's like mind blowing because you're like, oh my God, I don't know who I am. I don't even know what I want. I don't know what I like. I don't know what I desire. So step one is starting. What do I want? What do I like? What do I desire? What don't I like? What do I dislike? And also the key to cultivating relationship with yourself is getting back in touch with your inner child is, um, doing things, you know, finding ways to do things in your daily life, even if it's 10 minutes mm-hmm. a day of what lights you up inside, what, what brings you joy, what brings you happiness, even if, you know, where you can start, like a part place where I started, and this was one of the homeworks that I did from my coaching program, which I still give to people is like, take your inner child <laughs> on a play date, like start there. What did you used to love to do as a kid? And just you and yourself <laughs> go do that thing that you used to love to do as a kid. Um, and you just start naturally incorporating things that you love to do. And so I used to think that confidence was, this was what I would say in corporate, (laughs) fake it until you make it. That to me now is like bullshit. Like, like sure. Like that is Mm -hmm. true when you're stretching, right. When you're stretching beyond your comfort zone and you have like, you know, maybe when I've done my first video, when you did your first podcast, you might not be as confident Mm -hmm. as you want it to be sure. You got to like, you know, you got to bring some energy and make your, you know, put on the suit a little bit, make your pump yourself up to be confident. But like true confidence to me is like birth from the inside out. And that's what I help people with is, um, they, become so confident in who they are as a person that that confidence becomes unshakable because no matter what someone says outside of them, they are abandoning them. They are standing true to who they are, to what they want, to what they desire. And when you believe in yourself and when you stop seeking external validation and you start filling up your own cup and you start acknowledging all the great things that you do, you know, like, it's something I'll do as a practice. As an example, two things I celebrate every win. So like after this episode, (laughs) I might put on a song and dance and celebrate this as a win. Um, something else I do is I will acknowledge three things in a day that I'm proud of myself for. When you start to acknowledge and fill yourself up, that builds your own confidence. And then you're like, I can do anything, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't matter what anyone else says. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. I'm totally confident in myself. But step one is like coming home to the relationship of yourself, starting to unplug from external validation and give it to you and starting to build that unshakable confidence Um you know, from within so that it's like, no matter what's happening on the outside, you're not attaching anything. You're not making anything mean anything about you. So often, you know, that's what I was going to say about something you said about consistency. A lot of times we're plugged into the outcome and when the Mm -hmm. outcome doesn't happen, how we want the outcome to be, we make it mean something about us. And that makes us be less consistent because, well, now we're a failure because only two people showed up on our live and like, Mm -hmm. we should just go crawl in a hole and hide. Right. But when you unplug from that outcome, you know, then, um, you just greet it with what you just, you, it doesn't mean anything about you. And then that's where that comes. Everyone that's listening right now, that was the intelligent answer of the day. That was great. And especially that last part, I mean, everyone experiences failure, right? Like you're gonna have setbacks. You're go- And I, I don't even like using the word failure because that kind of implies that 
you're giving up. <laughs> like I've had it. I'm just going to go back to doing what I used to do type of thing. I'm like, I actually like the word setback a lot more because it kind of hints at, Hey, you took a step back, but Hey, you're still going to head forward, right? Like that's the ultimate goal is to head in a direction going forward. And I think that's honestly part of the journey is taking those steps, trying to improve one step at a time, just heading as long as you're heading in the right direction. I think that's all that matters. So thank you. Thank you, Aaron, for, I have, I have one better for you. There I would you say go. failure Boom, is feedback. Right there. And I, I'll it. even touch on that as well. I've, so I do this and then I also do, I have another business as well. And with that, I actually like, I encourage my customers to give me like pretty harsh feedback <laughs> because I'm like, it, it helps me. Like it helps me be better and I can actually serve you in a way better way. Right. And sometimes they're like, Oh dude, don't focus on the negative. And I'm like, no, I'm not like, just give it to me. Like, I know you're thinking it, right? Just say it. I can improve it. And then it's off your, like the concern is off your plate, right? Like, oh, it's not as good. That's gone. And also the concern of, hey, am I actually doing a good job? Am I going to keep this customer is gone as well. Like that's, I think criticism is not bad in my opinion. So thank you. Thank you, Aaron, for coming on. This is been a pleasure. And I want to, you know, give you a chance. You've mentioned kind of your trip to Bali. Uh, you have your coaching business. I don't know if you have any books, podcasts, YouTube channels, anything like that. What's the best way they can get a hold of you, find that, or just anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. You can, so I'm on basically all social platforms. All right. So the, my main ones are Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn on Instagram. It's at mm -hmm. it's Aaron Bogdan, B-O-G-D-A-N. Um, and my Facebook and LinkedIn is just my first and last name. I am, um, just actually so like today it's going to be official. I'm launching a free community on Facebook, which this is like a perfect example of like something that, <laughs> you know, I was dragging my feet with a little bit, but I know it's going to be so valuable for me, for other people. So that Facebook community, um, is called awaken to your authentic self. And it's going to be all like everything we've been talking talking about the plan is to do some live videos in there to um, have encouragement, strength and hope and inspiration and, and connect with like-minded people. And then the last thing I'll just say, I, I also have a website, which is my uh, first and last name where you can learn more about me and my story, my work. Um, and then the last thing that I'll, well, two last things is number one, if you enjoy this conversation, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can definitely DM me, Email me if you go on my Instagram, my Facebook, I have my links, you know, there on how you can reach out, how you can connect to me. Um, and then my, the way that I work with people right now, and this will obviously grow and change as I expand, but I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. I have a three to six month, depending on what you, what your needs, desires are, one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching program. It's called Authentically You. And you can learn more about that on my website, on my social pages and, um, yeah, I usually am taking applications, I would say, on a rolling basis, depending on my schedule and my availability. So thank you so much, Josh, for um, having me. And I just want to say <laughs> you're you. such an inspiration. So keep doing you. Keep shining your light. And I, I'm just so grateful to, thank to you. be Thank you. It know, was a pleasure to have you on. You had great things to share with us today. So uh, everyone, that is Erin Bogdan. As you can tell, she's a very intelligent person, has great things to say. 
she dropped the information there if you guys would like to reach out and connect with her. I challenge you guys to do that. I probably will be keeping tabs on her. I liked the conversation we had today. Stay tuned till next week, guys. We have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week, and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.